Philippians 3. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. And may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God, on the basis of faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Philippians 3. Knowing You, Jesus. Knowing You. Who knew I was going to sing with Kathy Tricoli today? John 17, Christ is at the Last Supper, and while he's speaking, he lifts his eyes up to heaven and says, Father, the hour has come. Up to this point, he has said, it's not my time, the time has not yet come, or the hour is coming, the time is coming when this will happen and that and the other. His first miracle was was performed in Cana of Galilee when he turned the water into wine. His mother got him to do that, and before doing that, he kind of protested and says, hey, woman, this isn't my time yet. But now the time has come. Glorify your son. I mean, he's praying for the resurrection. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as you have given Him. So what He's about to do on the cross is going to bring eternal life to us all. And it's through the Son glorifying the Father, through His obedience and the Father glorifying the Son through the resurrection, thus paying for our sins, atoning us, permanently redeeming us. And this, verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Let's pray. Lord, speak to us today from your word in such a way that we will grow spiritually and we will advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm focusing this morning on the middle verse there, verse 3 of John 17, and this is eternal life 
that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The point of it all, the point of eternal life, is knowing Him for eternity. So the point of it is to have a relationship with Him. This is more than a shallow puppy love, boyfriend-girlfriend thing. This is an eternal kingdom of God relationship. A father and his children, brothers and sisters, for eternity. This is what eternal life is about. Knowing God is so important. You don't want to ever hear him say, I don't know you. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, quote, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, undone many wonders in your name, unquote. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In Matthew 25, he tells a parable of the virgins, the ten virgins. Five were wise, had oil for their lanterns, and five were foolish. They didn't have enough oil for their lanterns. Time came when the bridegroom came, and those with oil in their lanterns went to the wedding feast, and those who didn't went to buy more oil, and they missed out on the wedding feast. And he concludes that parable with these words of Matthew 25, verse 11. It says, Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And he continues by talking about Judgment Day, when the Father will divide the sheep from the goats. That's all in how they treat their fellow man when someone needs help. And the goats are those that neglect their responsibility, ignore opportunities to give food to the hungry and water to the thirsty and clothes to the naked, and they don't visit people when they're sick or when they're in prison. And these, verse 46, these goats will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. He's going to know the sheep. He's not going to know the goats. In Luke 13, verse 24, the Lord said, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence. We taught in your streets. You taught in our streets. We sang at church. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you, where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Iniquity is our inward inclination to sin. And when we sin... We put that iniquity to work. We fulfill that lust. We obey that sinful desire. Iniquity is not something to be celebrated and embraced as though it's some newfound evolution. 
This is who I am. I'm a new kind of person. No, that's the old person. That's the old man. That's not something to celebrate. That's something to repent of. Because workers of iniquity are those who the Lord will say, I don't know you. In John 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. So when iniquity is at war in me and trying to get me to, to obey it, there's a voice in my heart saying, uh-uh, don't do that. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No, no, you never let go. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So knowing him is important. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2.19, he said, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. And so this foundation has two statements on it. If God's house was a literal house, it would be a cornerstone with these words on it. The Lord knows those who are his. Ooh, isn't that encouraging? He knows my name. And then the next statement is, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We're to turn from it. If we mess up, repent. You fall down, get back up. We're the saints who fall down, but get back up. Amen? And as we follow him, he'll give us victory. You'll notice you're growing and overcoming more and more. And we've been assured that we are more than overcomers, more than conquerors. More than just sinners saved by grace. Although we are that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, Paul also wrote, If anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Who would agree we all have a lot to learn? Verse 3, But if anyone loves God... This one is known by him. So the key to following the Lord, the key to a relationship with God is loving him. If I don't love him first, I really can't love my neighbor as myself. The ultimate key to repentance is falling in love with Jesus. Giving him your whole heart and repent for having self on the throne. Repent for not setting our affections on things above rather than things beneath. We're in a series about knowing God. We've talked about knowing God in person, knowing God in prayer, knowing God in Scripture, knowing God in community. We've shared things like knowing God in newness. And last Sunday we spoke about knowing God in joy. And it's possible through a relationship with God to have joy even in the midst of sorrow, a joy that. The world can't give to you, and the world can't take away from you. Today, I want to speak about knowing God in eternity. Can we say eternity? eternity? Knowing God in eternity. Here's three or four statements. First, a definition of eternity is that it's a noun. Eternal would be an adjective, but eternity means something infinite or unending time. Some people would say it's not time, it transcends time. It existed before time. Time is a created thing. Time is linear. You know, there's past, present, future, whereas eternity is the eternal now. 
someone made a clock or sketched a clock out to represent eternity, this corkscrew of time that just never ends. Sharon LaBelle wrote, Eternity is not a long, long time. Eternity is the opposite of time. It is not time. It is, as Augustine said, the now that does not pass away. I verified this. Woody Allen is quoted as having said, Eternity is really long, especially near the end. (laughs) Knowing God in eternity. I have several questions. They're all rhetorical, so don't bother with filling in the blanks until you get to the last one. That one's an important one. How long is eternity? It's long. An answer to that would be similar to the answer to this question. How large is infinity? Eternity can be described in synonyms such as forever, everlasting, Unending, undying, non-stopping, ever and ever and ever and ever. Eternity minus blank equals eternity. Whatever you write in there, no matter how vast the sum, the answer is always going to be eternity. Eternity minus 10,000 centuries equals eternity. The old apologetics argument is a parable of a parakeet that flies by the earth once every thousand years and brushes the earth with its wing. And after I don't know how many thousand years, it finally makes a mark on the surface of the earth. And if this continues, after eons of time, by the time the earth is the size of a ball bearing, eternity is still eternity. Compared to eternity, how long is life? Not much, is it? Life isn't long. For what is your life, James wrote in chapter 4 of his book. It is even a vapor that appears. What's a vapor? See it? You see the vapor? That's our life. It's a vapor that appears. For a little time and then vanishes away. How long is eternity compared to our life? I'm going to do a Jeff Ferris. Those of you that have been to some of his sermons, you'll know exactly what's fixing to happen. This piece of tissue paper represents our lives. This is your life. This represents eternity. And yet... This doesn't really do a good job. A case would do a better job, and a truckload of cases would do an even better job. Let's spread it around the room. Somebody help me out. Let's fill the room. Keep it going. Keep it going. Help us out, teenagers. Boy, I thought the ADD kids would just go bananas. Where are you guys at today? You got the point, right? We could fill the room with toilet paper and it still wouldn't begin to describe what we're talking about. Watch this.
is known as eternal God. It's his name. Deuteronomy 33:27 says the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And those arms never let go. Years ago someone in the church had a vision that they had perceived their relationship with God as being something like this. The Lord showed that she's held like this. Underneath We're not underneath his everlasting arms. His everlasting arms are underneath us. And he never lets go. Eternal God. Who gives eternal life? God. 1 John 5.11 says, This is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. John 3.15, Jesus said, Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 10.28, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Do you know if you have eternal life? Do you know? That you know that you know. Do you know it? Or are you guessing? Are you hoping? Are you enjoying what the Bible calls the joy of salvation? With joy shall we draw water from the wells of salvation. Do you know? John 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall We're going to celebrate the home going of a sister in Christ, a mother in Zion, Doris Brown, Laura Duncan, our children's pastor's mother, and Joe Duncan's mother-in-law. Great woman of God. It's going to be a joyous occasion. Sad for those that are left behind, but joyful for her. Last Thursday, we had an awesome celebration of life for Gary Kidder in this room, where we remembered him as a person, but rejoiced in where he's at. The Bible says that there's bondage that the Lord frees us from, and that bondage is called the fear of death. Pretty much all fear relates to death. Afraid of heights because you might fall down and die. Afraid of snakes because they might bite you and die. Afraid of bridges Because they might crack and break and your car wrecks and you die. Death, opportunity to die is all around because we're breaking the laws of nature all the time with all of our machinery. So death is a very real thing. But through Christ, we can know God and know freedom from the fear of death and face it fearlessly. Looking forward to knowing God in eternity. Usually, communion focuses on the past, what Jesus did for us on the cross, and what he did at the Last Supper when he instituted this celebration of his broken body and shed blood. But in all three places where it's recorded that he instituted it, he made this statement, and I'll just read one in Matthew. 
He took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, this is the future, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So communion points from the past, thank God for what he did, into eternity, into the new beginning we have there, when the Lord, who's a teetotaler right now, until the day he drinks of it, he's fasting wine right now, until the day he drinks it new with us in his kingdom. And he said this, this is recorded in, I think, all three Gospels where the communion is mentioned. I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So we're going to take it together after you've got yours ready to partake, if you don't mind bowing your head and just meditating on the Lord. Here at this point in time, between the now and eternity future, in the middle of this tissue symbolizing eternity, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table. And I'd like for two volunteers, uh, one to pray a prayer for the bread, thanksgiving, blessing, and then one to pray a prayer of blessing for the cup, focusing on the fact that this is an appetizer for the future. When We'll do a whole lot more than a thimbleful, but we'll drink to the fill in the kingdom of God. Amen. Dear Lord, oh gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for bringing us here on this Sunday and thanking you for the words that you gave Pastor Allen, and hopefully it touched all of our hearts. And Father, I hope that with this bread you bless all of our bodies so that way we can have even a cleaner walk in you and that way we know and are reassured that we all have eternal life in you. Amen. Lord, as Stormy prayed, may we all receive the assurance that we have eternal life from you. Thank you, Lord, through your brokenness that brings us wholeness. Amen. Today, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross and shedding your blood that is eternal. It was eternal before it was ever shed. It was eternal. And today, by faith, we receive that fact that your blood was eternal and that when we drink this cup today that represents your blood, we drink it rejoicing that there will be a day that we will drink with you in heaven, that you are eternal. And as we receive your eternal Blood today, your eternal wine today, God. Eternity lives in our hearts. And we have a hope for our future. And we have a hope for our death. In Jesus' name. Amen. Raise your cup. Look into the future, Lord. We toast to that day. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that my words today would bring life to those who need it the most. Apply this message.
to each area of each heart that needs to receive this revelation from you. Lord, I pray for that person that does not know they have eternal life. I pray, Lord, that they would see the faith that's in their heart and they would come out of their mouth. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Give them saving faith, I pray. The ability to believe the impossible. You do that, Lord. We cry out to you for salvation for every person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Can we stand? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord God Almighty himself cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Almighty God lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that comes from knowing you have victory over death and you technically will never die, even though your body may fade. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Go get them, tigers. Amen. Try to hold on to this world With everything I have But I feel the weight of what it brings And the hurt that tries to grab The many trials that seem to never end His word declares this truth That we will enter in this rest With wonders anew But I hold on to this hope in the promise that he brings, there will be a place where no more suffering.